guys welcome back to the raise rowdy podcast i'm your host nikki t i'm here with my special guest today mr Corey kent yeah man thanks for having me dude absolutely thanks for uh taking the time to do this i'm sorry that uh stuff got a little mixed up with us i was a little late today (laughs) all good man nothing better to do than hang out right here at the raise rowdy crew yeah (laughs) well man uh like like i said thanks so much for taking the time out i know you're here uh in nashville um and you had been in Nashville for a while, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, since 2011, I moved out here, graduated high school a year early because I knew I wanted to write songs and packed up my my Chevy and drove out here. And yeah, uh, yeah been spent most of my time here since 2011. Well, yeah, man, I think it's cool that your music kind of like bridges that like Nashville and also Texas sound. So like um, when I'm talking to people and I play some of your music, they're like, this sounds familiar if you're listening to radio music, right? Yeah. Um, but it also has some like distinct Texas characteristics. So I think it's cool. Thanks, um, man. A lot of your music, if I'm talking about it, sounds like singles, right? Like oh, cool. in terms of like stuff that if you play it, like when I play it on Rage Rowdy Radio, side mm-hmm. by side with the stuff that you're currently hearing on the radio, you know, no one's blinking an eye. It sounds that man. same quality and it sounds, you know, similar vibes and stuff like that. That's cool. I mean, that's a... That's a compliment for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we, especially, you know, getting off, getting your career off the ground, I think that, you know, it does, to approach it like that is probably a good way. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, can this stand side by side with what's going on right now? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's, I'm glad that you see it that way in terms of bridging the gap between kind of the Nashville and the Texas music scene, because yeah. I really feel like that's exactly where I was aiming to land is yeah. like, you know, I, I had had a deal here for a couple of years and, and my whole team, you know, when I was in my first deal was like, man, we, we really believe in you. We think you're, you're great at what you do, but we don't really know what to do with you. Yeah. And that was kind of my story on both sides. You know, I'm from, I'm from Oklahoma and I live in Texas now. And, um, the same thing was kind of going on there. It was like, I was a little bit early. Yeah. Um, people weren't quite ready to accept the, the in-between. Yeah. And, uh, so in Texas was the same thing. They were like, man, like you, you're 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 from here uh but you don't sound exactly like what's going on in yeah. texas you're not cross canadian ragweed right um and you're not turnpike troubadours but right. you know you 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 have that same quality of lyric or you have that same you know whatever that thing is that that makes you fit but at the same time we don't know what to do with you down here yeah and so i was kind of like caught in no man's land for a little bit and you know there was a point in time where um you know i was offered a record deal to kind of go one way uh, more the pop country route and and it just wasn't it wasn't where my heart was you know and it was like man this this feels like what i was working for right you know this is the carrot i've been chasing now it's dangling right in front of me should i grab it or not and it just didn't end up it wasn't right you know and so i just decided at that point I'm going to continue to do what I, I'm going to make the music I want 
to listen to that yeah. that quality of music and if people ever latch on then great but at least I'll love what I do, you know? Yeah. And so thank God that I feel like that, that gap is, is kind of being bridged now. And it like, is. like there yeah. are more open-minded people to there. Nashville's open-minded to Texas and Texas open-minded to Nashville. Agreed. And, and there's, you know, you've got the Parker McCollum's, the Flatland Cavalry's, you got the Co Wetzel's. They're all just putting out music that they like. Yeah. Um, and you've even got guys in Nashville that are just saying, Hey, I don't, I don't care what you call this as long as, you know, as long as it works, it's, it works. And yeah. so that's kind of been the approach with, with this last record. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you see it kind of falling in between. Dude, absolutely. And, and in my head, I think that's pretty powerful because if you can live on both sides of that line, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that does nothing but benefit you. you yeah. Know? And I think the guys like you talked about, the guys that are crossing over to having Nashville success mm -hmm. kind of live in that same world, right? Yeah. So you're seeing, you know, big come ups from guys, of course, like Parker and people that are getting some like help and deals, but also like Colby Cooper and some yeah. folks that are down in Nashville and or up in Nashville writing some songs, but also down in Texas, like really oh, popping yeah. off and cutting things off. Yeah. So and it's I, I, neat I think to see I, that time. I fought that for quite a while, you know, yeah. and then so I was living living here, writing yeah. here and having number one hits as a writer in Texas. Right. So I was like, man, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I, maybe I need to like, just go back to my roots a little bit. Clearly they like what I'm writing, right. you know, where I'm from. So, yep. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, been a cool little transition to, uh, to get back closer to home and put out some music and, and see people kind of dig it. So, yeah, I know like when I looked at the writing credits for like William Clark Green, who was another artist that we really love over yeah, at Rowdy, saw like some of my favorite William Clark Green songs or yeah, right with you, man. That has to be Dude, cool too. It was because, you know, so I went to college at Oklahoma State and it's a big, um, it's a big music school. I mean, you got a lot of big alum in the Nashville world. You got Garth Brooks, Tim Dubois, Scott Hendricks. Those guys are all, you know, OSU guys, but you also have you know, cross Canadian ragweed and, you know, Turnpike Troubadour came through there and played a lot. So there's a cool little music community there. Yeah. And I grew up, you know, all throughout college, it was Turnpike Troubadours until my, my friend goes, Hey man, you heard this, uh, this song is like about this circus, you know? And I was like, a country song about a circus. Okay. I got to hear this. And then he puts on Ringling Road and yeah. I was, it was like being captivated, like in a, in a movie, you know, that it was so prolifically, uh, like I could see everything. Yeah. You see the video. Oh my the gosh. Song. Yeah. And, and then I actually saw the video. I was like, this is exactly what I saw when I, <laughs> when I heard the song. So to me, I was like, man, this guy, he, he really has figured out something in the Texas world. Like yeah. he, he just had his, his own thing. And so I was just a fan. Yeah. And then, you know, living out in Tennessee, uh, my publisher hit me up one day and was like, Hey, um, this guy, William Clark Green's in town and he, he got bailed on, you want to fill the slot? And I was like, heck yeah, you know, throw <laughs> me in. And the first time we wrote together, we ended up writing, uh, hit you where it hurts. Yeah, and such a great song. dude, he ended up to my surprise, you know, putting that thing out and, and it ran up the charts and got him a number one. And, and so, uh, I'm still waiting on Will to buy me a nice new truck or something. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, it was really a cool it was a cool experience too. And, and we became friends. He started throwing me on some, some shows when I was coming through town. So it's been a really cool relationship to, to build that way. But yeah. And now you, like you said, you're back in Texas. So why don't you tell us a little bit of that, uh, story and how you got back to Texas and yeah. how that worked out? Well, man, I mean, I think the, the main thing for me was, um, 
the, the main driving force behind that was uh, my family. You yeah. know, I mean, my, my wife is from Dallas. I'm from Oklahoma. Um, we have two little girls. And with what I do, I travel a lot when right. it's not, you know, coronavirus season. Right. <laughs> um, but that was one of the driving factors was when I'm gone and I'm on the road, you know, I want my wife to have a little family, a little help around. Um, and then musically, the the other side of that coin was, um, like I said, I think I just was kind of fighting against, you know, sounding like I was from where I was from. Yeah. I don't know why. It just seemed like maybe enough people had told me, hey, man, that's not that's not really going to work or we don't know what to do with that. And so I think I tried to, for a couple of years, conform to what I thought people wanted from me. And then I realized like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing this because I want to do it anymore. I'm doing this for other people's approval. Yeah. And, uh, for them to pat me on the back and say, good job. And I just realized, man, I need to get back to doing this for the reasons that got me excited in the first place. And that is just put out the music that, that I would want to put out. Yeah. And so, you know, I talked with, with combustion here and kind of pled my case and said, I think that it, I think this is the right move for me and my brand. And this makes sense. And, you know, I thought they were going to go, yeah, right, dude, get back, get back in the writer's room and keep <laughs> writing, you know? And, yeah. and they were so cool about it, man. They, they were like, you know what, not only are we open to that, but we think this is the absolute right move for you. And so, uh, yeah, just kind of, kind of replanted our roots back home and, um, just kind of making our own, our own little brand of country music down there. And we're going to let people call it whatever they want. You know, they yeah. can call it country rock and roll red dirt whatever they want yeah you know we're just gonna keep putting out music that we're excited about so and i think honestly that's like the cool thing about the texas market like from an outsider's point of view mm -hmm. is they're so embraceive of like rock music and it fits in the same genre you have a rock show right before a country act you know what i mean in yeah. a lot of venues and a lot of the same venues that have rock music or have all kinds of different music you know yeah. in the same rooms so it is a market, at least from an outsider's perspective, it seems like as long as your music's there and the lyrics are there, which is what I think if you're paying attention to your songs and if people are listening to your album and your tracks that you've been releasing, the lyrics are there, right? Like you're a quality songwriter, regardless of what kind of genre you want to call it, right? Yeah, thank the, you. Absolutely, man. The words are there. The lyrics are there. The melodies are there. You can call it whatever you want to call it, like you said, yeah. but if it's good, it's good. And yeah. the key, and I think this is something it sounds like you are figuring out if it's authentic to you and it's good, the people will come. Yeah. You know? Well, and I'll say this about, you know, Nashville, I think for a while there was kind of a little, little feud going on between the two places, right? Like, you know, yeah. Texas people, I forget Nashville, Nashville people, nah, it's just Texas country. It doesn't really count or whatever that, that argument or dispute was. I'll say this, man, I have learned so much from both of these areas. Yeah. Um, and what I've, you know, what I mean by that is, the loyalty and the authenticity that the music and the fans in Texas have is, yeah. is truly inspiring. And in the same breath, like the, the professionalism and the, the absolute world-class quality of songwriting that comes out of Nashville yeah. is unmatched. Yeah. Like there's nobody in the world that's going to match the songwriting coming out of Nashville. And so for me, it's, it was kind of cool to spend a lot of time in both places, um, you know, growing up in Oklahoma and in the Texas world. It's like that authenticity was always the driving factor behind the music. And then I see certain acts in Nashville that kind of have their own breed of authenticity from wherever they're from. Right. And then they paired it with this amazing songwriting. I think examples would be 
you know, Eric Church, he just has this authentic thing about him, but he's also as great as it gets as a writer. I mean, you're just going to hear incredibly deep and, and prolific lyrics yeah. on his stuff. And he's married the two. And uh, there's more and more people that I think are falling into that category. And that's where my heart lies. I want to I want to be a world-class songwriter, but I also want to be completely authentic and ex- just excited about the stuff I'm putting out. And yeah. so I'm glad I got to spend time in, in both of those places. Yeah, man. So let's, uh, let's dig into the album a little bit and talk yeah. about... Um, so you released that as two separate EPs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what were the timeframes on those? Oh, man. We released um, part one... I think like uh, summer 2019 ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we released part two um, towards the end of the year. Yeah, and then we kind of smashed them together. And it, so this was kind of a collection of works, really. Yeah, um, I had recorded a handful of the songs with uh, my my buddy Brad Hill, who mm-hmm. produced um, a good good chunk of both of those EPs, and then I also. Uh, recorded some of them down in uh, down in Texas and and up in Oklahoma with a friend of mine named Chad Copeland, and Chad is not necessarily in the country world, but he's a great producer. He um, he produced the new Laney project. If you're familiar with uh, that, yeah. he produced yep. uh, some Ben Rector stuff, um, a lot of Ben Rector stuff, some Steve Mokler stuff, uh, some Need to Breathe stuff. He's just kind of he's just great. You know, yeah. he just is unique and, and good at what he does. And, and uh, so long story short, I was kind of just recording songs as they came and, and just smashed them together into these two EPs. And then, uh, you know, took some older songs that I knew people were going to want to hear and, and threw them on there and it became a record, you know. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's kind of funny that uh, the, my purpose behind putting out a record you know, I don't have a record deal or anything like that, but in my mind, it's kind of this like six year old kid moment where I was like, you can't be a real artist till you have a full record, you know? And yeah. I didn't want to spend my whole <laughs> life just putting out EPs. So I was like, I'm gonna smash these things together and make a record. So, but I think if you're listening <laughs> to it, like sonically, they all make sense. Right. And, um, yeah. like, like you saying the productions different on some of the songs, I can definitely hear that, but I can also hear like continuity in the project. Right. Yeah. Sometimes when you are just putting songs together, you yeah. don't necessarily hear that. But I, I think like sonically that whatever, who, yeah, again, whoever does the production on it, uh, you can kind of hear that what I call now like a Corey Kent sound. Hmm. The only other guy that like kind of sonically sounds similar in my head is like some of the stuff that Ian Munsick's doing okay. sonically. Yeah. Just like the way the vibe of his music, not necessarily like instrumentation wise, but just like sonically the vibe of it kind of yeah. it lives in the same world as that. in my Yeah. Head. I um, like Ian's stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I which I think is cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think that that hopefully what that common thread is is just like you know the artist's own signature thing, right? Yeah. Like I could I could record something that's a little slower and more sparse, or I could record something that's a little more rocking and full, and hopefully I I do my thing to weave this continuity into it. Yeah, and um, we, but I I will say like I was pretty mindful of that. You know, I wasn't gonna yeah. throw you know, crazy opposite ends of the spectrum on the same record. Cause I still am a huge fan of like full on top to bottom, listen from top to bottom records. Yeah. And, and so I wanted that to be for the people who were interested, you know, to be able to listen from front to back and be like, Oh cool. I kind of went on a little journey and it all made sense together. And, uh, so I'm glad, glad you see it that way. Yeah. I think it's cool too, because again, like, like you said, like we're in a singles driven world right now. Right. Yeah, so there's totally. a lot of people that are only releasing one song at a time 
for financial reasons, but also for like that way they all have their day in the sun. You yeah. Know? Which I totally. think definitely makes sense, <clears throat> but it's neat when you get that project that came together that is a collection of work yeah. that when someone turns it on, they can say, this is who Corey Kent is. Yeah. And, and again, man, that just goes back to like, what would I want as a listener? Yeah. And I'm trying to do that, you know? So I, I, I love hearing a good single. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But all that does is make me want to hear the full project that's coming later, right. you know? Yep. And so for, for my fan base, I was like, man, I think these, these folks, like if they're anything like me, they want a full record. So yeah. let's try our hand at it. And, and it's, it's just honestly more fun for me. Yeah. to create a full on project with, you know, the album art and, and putting the right collection of players together and finding the right producer for the song. And it's just fun to create a packaged project with a big bow on it and then hand deliver it to your, your crew and see, see how yeah. they respond to it. So, yeah, I dig that. I think it's cool. And I think that's something that sometimes gets lost specifically like in the indie world. Right. So mm. I think it's cool that you got to, to do that and put that together. And I know we were talking about like, you know, vinyl and maybe we'll get a pressing of your album someday on vinyl. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> man. <super> cool. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking a lot about that. Um, not, not quite sure how much demand there will be for that, but I know again, I would, I would want my favorite artist or band yep. to offer that. And yep. so I, I mean, I feel like that's the thing. That's the sale is kind of guiding our ship is like, you know, just, just putting on my consumer hat and going, what would I want? Yep. And yep. so, yeah, I think I, I'm not going to commit to anything, but I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's probably the, one of the next steps. Yeah. yeah. Is, is go back and, and print some vinyls for uh, the, from the West record. And, and, uh, we've even, even kind of talked about doing some 45s for whatever we might release in Heck the future. Yeah. And yeah. who knows sky's the limit, but yeah, I'm, that's, I'm just going to be thinking what would I want? and and kind of go that route i think that's a good route man and speaking of that we got a brand new song with that's coming out at this time maybe just out or coming out yeah brand new song gold yes yeah, coming out soon man um i'm i'm very excited about this song um, yeah. it's for me you know i've always released everything independently and yeah. this this is no different i'm not saying that you know it's on a big label or anything like that. But what I am saying is I don't feel like I've ever really had a full on team behind a release and yeah. here at combustion, they've really, uh, they've really embraced this project and, um, Farron, Chris Farron, who produced it, uh, with me, man, he currently has the number one single in the country. I mean, he, he just produced Jameson Rogers, yep. uh, some girls. And I mean, he was, he had already proven his, his producer capabilities with strawberry wine and right. I mean, just massive hits. But he kind of got out of it for a while. Now he's he's you know kind of uh, scratching the creative itch again. You know he he just wanted to get back in there and and so uh, he's on board like all in uh, you know and and combustion is all in and we've got some some cool momentum that came from the Texas Music Pickers Songwriters Contest yeah. and some you know some of the judges in there have have some excitement around the project now because they're they were unaware of that i even existed a few months ago and now they're they're like hey what do you have coming next send them the song and they're kind of excited so i i don't have any idea what to expect but i've never been more excited about a release yeah simply because other people everybody around me that hears this thing is like man this this could be cool you know yeah so we have no idea what's gonna do but we're all excited yeah i think it's a great <laughs> song I, I bugged you until you sent it to me so. yeah oh <laughs> no, hey i was like yeah i was thinking man should i uh should i send this uh and then you know i wised up and and thought 
as much feedback as possible and uh and I feel like if if you were excited about it, you're a pretty good gauge of music. So yeah, I was man. I was glad to get some good feedback there, man. I I think you guys are Raised Rowdy is always picking the stuff that I can if if I haven't heard of it, I know I'm gonna like it because I think we have similar musical tastes like as listeners. I'm glad to yeah. hear that myself. Yeah, man, the Raised Rowdy Radio, <laughs> I if there's one person on there that I haven't heard, I always go check them out. I'm always impressed. So yeah. I think you guys do a good job of and I'm honored to be, you know, in those selections sometimes. Absolutely, man. Yeah, we're I'm stoked to play you. Um ever since we met you a few years ago when you were opening up for Steve Mokler, I've mm-hmm. been a big fan. Dude, um, that was so fun. I still have a Corey Kent white t shirt. Yeah. With like the leaf on it. The yeah. Red dude. And white on the gray. Yep. <laughs> and that's the OG stuff. The yeah, OG man. stuff. Hey, I got a few of those sitting in my garage still. So if you, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is um, my, my take on merch has always been like, man, if I wouldn't wear it, why would I sell it? Right. right? And yep. so I always was like, I got to have the softest t shirts. I got to have, you know. So because of that, um, that that shirt specifically uh it just it sold really well like yeah. we, we sold thousands and thousands of those shirts yeah and then i made a deal with some of my friends from college like hey if you wear this shirt out if it starts to like you know fade or whatever come back and i'll give you another one so then we ended up giving out shirts anybody that wore them out so i say that to say if you oh, wear that awesome. sucker out let me yeah. know i'll ship you a new one okay that's awesome <laughs> yeah man it's a uh... It was cool seeing you, and uh, I mean, Steve Mokler's a guy from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So when you were up there with him, and man, hearing songs like "Tumbleweed," that's a song that the first time I heard it just like really hit me. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a story that's personal to you, but I think mm-hmm. it's so, uh, so easily relatable that it just makes you think about people in your life, you know? Yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes good songs great, is when it's a story that's personal to you. Mm-hmm. But you can make everyone that's listening to it make it seem like it's personal to them. Yeah, I agree, I man. I think you do that really well. Well, thanks. I, that song in particular, I think, was the first time in my music career that I that everything kind of came together and formed an identity. Yeah. And I think that was kind of our, uh, for a lot of my, my loyal fans now, like that was the first time they heard me and grasped on. And they were like, oh, I kind of get where this is going now, you yeah. know? And I feel like we all, as artists, have to kind of go through that, like figuring out who we are and who what our music's going to sound like going forward and what the common thread's going to be. Yeah. And for me, that song had, was just kind of a defining moment, you know? And, and so I'm, uh, man, I love that song I'll forever. As long as people will listen to that song, I'll be playing that song because yeah. it's a special one to special me. Special one. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about gold. Who'd you write gold with? You're going to laugh, man. This is the first outside song I have oh, ever you, cut. Oh, you cut it? Oh, I cut awesome. it, man. Dude, and I like this song though. It's a that complete, song wins, man. Well, that and that's that was the thought process. Um, I, I kind of for years had had a little bit, uh, not a little bit, a lot of pride in that, in that I was not gonna cut it if I didn't write it. And then I even looked at you know my heroes in the songwriting world and in the artist world and. Nine times out of ten, the guys that have these these uh, massive careers that that I want to, you know, emulate, they they had the philosophy: the best song wins. Yeah, and um, that kind of like separated the men from the boys in a lot of those cases of yep. guys that that had thirty year careers and guys that had you know one good record and you didn't hear from them again. And so I I. I don't know if I really wanted to cut an outside song and I heard this song and the guys at, at combustion had played it for me and I just went, Oh my gosh, like yeah. 
I see instantly, I see myself and my wife in this song. Yeah. I identified with it on that level. Yeah. And that's probably the first time that I had ever done that with, with a song that I didn't write. Like yeah. it, it had personal meaning to me. Yep. And so I kind of just took that as a sign, like, man, you should try to go cut this. And, you know, maybe, maybe you'll get in the studio and it won't work out. And, and, you know, you gotta, you gotta swing for the fences. You don't, you don't ever know what's going to happen unless you swing. And yep. so we got in the studio and, um, you know, Farron, Farron basically said, Hey, you know, take your best shot at it and let's see where it, where it lands. And, um, we, we took a pass at it and they hadn't hit the talk back mic yet, but I could see Farron standing up and clapping and I was like, what's going on in there? And he hits the button and he goes, holy sh!" you know? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, you're going to laugh, but I've never heard you sing live before. And that was incredible. <laughs> and I was, it, it dawned on me at that moment. Like they had signed me here as a writer. Right. And they had, uh, and, and they, some of the guys here had heard me sing, but Farron right. himself he hadn't heard me sing. <laughs> and so I just closed my eyes. And that's a lot of times, man, that's just how I sing. I get into it, you know. And so I, I had my eyes closed. And by the time I opened up after the take, he was clapping. And it was it was such a cool moment. And in, and in that moment, we went, I think this thing is going to be special. You know, if that yeah. was the initial reaction. It wasn't just because I sang. Well. It was because the song, like, he felt what I was trying to convey. Yeah. And it was a cool little moment for me to, and, and him, you know, it was like a bonding moment. It's like, man, maybe we're onto something here. Maybe this was the right song to cut. And so, um, but I will tell you, uh, it's a, it's a Gordy Sampson, Ryan Hurd and Brian nice. Anderson song. Nice. And so, I mean, you can't really have a more, uh, stud crew on yeah, the right than that. Pre pretty good. Right. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, but yeah, it is, it's a, it's the first time I've ever cut anything that I didn't write. So I'm excited to see how it goes over. It's honestly cool. Like if you think about like a guy like Jameson, which we were talking about, Jameson yeah. Rogers, his first number one was uh, as a songwriter, of course, happened before, but yeah. his first number one as an artist wasn't a song that he wrote. I know. You know. And I think that's, that says a lot about him too, man. It's like, he is no doubt. He's, he has proven himself as a writer. Yeah. He's a great songwriter. Right. He's had a couple number ones as a writer this year. Yep. yep. And, uh, man, again, I, I respect the guy because he said, hey, best song wins, you yep, know? Yep. And for that project, clearly he made the right choice because yep. he's celebrating the number one song in the country. And, yep. um, But yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It's, it's a tough little mind game to play, though. You yeah. know, sometimes you're just, you could you could sit down and write every day for 100, 100 plus days or something trying to beat something that's already out there. And yep. so, yep. yeah, uh, kudos to him and, and the team for for taking the leap of faith and running it all the way to number one. Pretty That's cool. It, man. Yeah. Happy, happy for those guys. Absolutely. It's a, again, in my head, it's like the guys that are, like you said, are the most successful are willing to do both. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes if you do it all yourself, there's guys that do that. Like Eric, I think church, I don't know if he's cut any outside songs. If so, maybe just a few. Yeah. But, uh, like he also has all of the best songwriters in the world coming through. Yeah, and writing yeah, with right. Him. So, well, and you know, that was, does that that way. That know? was actually who I always pointed to. I'm yeah. like, man, Eric, Eric doesn't cut anything that he doesn't write. And that's kind of like, you know, my hero in the, in the writing world. And, uh, then lo and behold, he cuts, uh, loves me like Jesus does. Yeah. Which in my opinion, 
may or may not be the best song he's ever released. Like it was so good. And it fits him so well. And it fits him so, so well. Yeah. And it was iconic for me as a listener, as an Eric Church fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just drove the nail in. Like I was going to be a fan for life after I heard that song. Yeah. And I found out he didn't write it. Yeah. And so then that, I would say that was probably a pivotal moment for me to go, man, even this guy occasionally runs across a song that he just has to cut because he identified with it on such a personal level. Yeah. So, man, yeah. That's, and that's that's the greatest songs, man. Like that's like what we talked about with Tumbleweed, where it's a personal story, but it fits you as a as an artist, but mm-hmm. it also fits the mind state of the listener, right? Yeah. And that's what makes a great song. That's what country music does better than any other genre. Agreed, man. You know? Yeah. Agreed. So man, that's awesome. Let's talk about some of uh the shows that you have coming up. Okay. Um, you have some stuff down in Texas because that's pretty much the only place that lets you play music right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're playing. Uh, man, this we actually had a show on release day uh, oh, yeah. with Flatland Cavalry and uh, was super excited about that. It was sold out uh, down in College Station and um, just got word today actually that that some of the crew uh, got coronavirus. Oh man, and, sorry to hear and that. So um, we're. We're just postponing, you know, yeah. everybody's going to, going to take some time, get healthy and get right. And then we're going to come back at it. And, um, it's going to be awesome when it, when it happens, it'll be, you know, that much more anticipated, I think, but we've got a handful of other shows, um, with, uh, one or two that we're headlining, one or two that we're playing with Pecos and the rooftops. Nice. Um, most of them are in, in Texas right now, one up in Oklahoma. And nice. then, you know, slowly as, as things start to as restrictions up. start to lift a little bit we'll start widening the circle and you know hopefully getting back to places like pittsburgh you know yeah making our way up come back up to nashville too yeah, yeah. oh yeah for sure <laughs> you're already here for it sometimes so. oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well man thank you so much for taking the time and just going through a little bit of the story with me yeah and, man uh, thank you thank Th- you for releasing music that we relate to and that our fans <laughs> relate to man heck yeah well hey thanks for the opportunity to kind of share a little bit of my story man i I appreciate it and thanks for always supporting the music and uh yeah i mean we'll we'll keep sending you stuff under the table and (laughs) and getting your feedback on it i'll make sure to not release it to everyone (laughs) before (laughs) thanks i appreciate it just make them buy it you know yeah yeah go buy this but guys make sure you go download gold at this time it's either just coming out or it will be coming out this friday and also make sure you listen to Corey on Raise Rowdy Radio, Sunday nights on Y108. Come on. Happy to be playing you, man. Proud to be playing your music. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, Nick. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, make sure you rate us on Spotify or iTunes, specifically iTunes. Um, We appreciate it, and it means a lot to us. And I'm Nikki T, and we'll see you in the front row. Just